Psalm 119, verse 1 to 8. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statues and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I consistently take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked has set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. My statues are your, your statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Great. Thank you. You did that very well. Nice just to read together. The theme from the gems is verse 105, where it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We want to just take a moment and think about that together. First of all, as we're here as God's people, we want to let God's word reach into our lives, speak to us again through this psalm. This is the longest psalm. It's the longest in all the psalms, and it's in fact the longest chapter in the Bible. So we didn't have you read the whole thing. Otherwise, we would have had to have 22 of you up here. Then we would have read through. Did you notice the funny little, the funny little things, the little words before each section? That's, that's the Hebrew alphabet, hey? So that's just uh, explaining all the things... Uh, uh, that it's, it's a special psalm in that way, and I'll get back to that. This morning, we want to just hear the truth of this psalm, which speaks about letting God's word speak into our lives and guide us and lead us. And so when it speaks, uh, often it comes back to God's law, your law, and understanding God's law. Really, that's, that's the whole Bible. So we're thinking, uh, sometimes as a church too, we talk about the Ten Commandments, which is the law of God. But this goes, includes that, but beyond that, speaking about the whole Bible, and that we let the whole Bible direct our lives, guide our lives. So that's really what we're looking at this morning. I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have a Bible in your house? Do all of you have a Bible in your house? Do you have your own Bible, your own Bible even, right? Yeah. Just, uh, I think it was last week, two weeks ago, the, all of a sudden I was working downstairs here in the church, and, and I looked up and there was a young man standing there, his ball cap on, and he was, yeah, he had, he probably 22, 23 years old, he, he came running into the church and down the stairs, and, and he was trying to talk to me through the window, but... I can't hear so well through the window. People don't always realize there's glass in there. So then, then I ran out. I said, what is the matter? What can I do for you? And his name was Chase. 
And, and he said, Pastor, Pastor, I've just moved into town, just moved from Red Deer, and he was unpacking things. He's just in a house here down the road. And he said, I looked through all my stuff, and I, I didn't have a Bible. Could you give me a Bible? As I'm in my new house, I need a Bible. I said, sure. We have a Bible for you. And so just, it just reminded me, too, the a young man, Christian man, just recognizing, too, he was starting out on his own in town, his first house. He realized he needed a Bible to encourage him, to guide him, direct him. So we see that, too. Bible is, is our guide, our direction for our lives. I wanted to ask you another question. Did the people in the Bible, so the people mentioned in the Bible, lots of people mentioned in the Bible, did they have Bibles? Did people in the Bible have Bibles? No, <laughs> they didn't actually. As we read, you read from David, King David wrote Psalm 119. And so when he wrote it, it became part of the Bible. But when he wrote it, there was one copy. And then you couldn't just photocopy it, right? There was only one copy. And they did have people who specially copied the Bible. Scribes in the temple would take the original and would write by hand a copy. Could you do that? If you had to write a copy even of Psalm 119, that would take you a while. Sit down and copy it all out. So they had people who did that, and so there were copies of the Bible kept in the temple or in a synagogue. When Jesus was asked to read from Isaiah, he didn't just pull the Bible out of his pocket. It says, in Nazareth, they gave him the scroll, the Bible, and he took it and read it. But the Bible was central to people's lives. So Jesus himself didn't have a Bible like we have a Bible. He didn't have like his own copy. But it was available through the religious leaders. And also, people memorized. They memorized the Bible. Now, you had your memory verse, right? Yeah, just one verse. Did you memorize other stuff, really, as gems? Not so much, hey? Okay. So you had your memory verse. They, they would have, have memorized even all of Psalm 119. Many parts of the Bible, they would just memorize. That was part of the teaching of, of children and adults too, just to, to go over it, to say it together, to memorize it, to learn it, to have it with you in that way. And so even Psalm 119 is written so people could memorize it. That's why it uses all these little Hebrew words that you see at the beginning of each section. Those are the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. How many letters are there in the English alphabet? Yeah. Oh. 26. Very good. In the Hebrew alphabet, there's 22. And so here's the English alphabet. 
This is the Hebrew alphabet plus some extras in there, but the basic Hebrew alphabet is 22, and you can see them here at the beginning of each section of Psalm 119, and they are, are pronounced in the Hebrew too. Just Aleph is A, Beth is B, Gimel is G actually, a Dalet, and so they had an alphabet. And in order to, to remember the psalm, every section is based on a letter of the alphabet. And every word in that section, every first word is that letter. So the section that we are reading from is the letter N, noon. And so the first word in your word is a lamp unto my feet, the first word is ner, and Hebrew, the word ner means lamp. And so you start off, and then every first word of the eight statements in that section N have the letter N. Now, it's hard to translate into English. It would help you memorize, but it's hard to translate. I tried translating it for you so that every word Every line begins with an N, see? So after you've read 104 verses of Psalm 119, you could start with Psalm 105 and say, naturally. After all of that, naturally. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Verse 106, now I take an oath and confirm it that I will follow your righteous laws. It's hard to do everything with an N. Notwithstanding... I don't know, how do you, yeah, notwithstanding that I have suffered, preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word, uh, nightly accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, teach me your laws. Uh, numerous times, that works pretty good, numerous times I have taken my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. Uh, nasty people, literally wicked, the wicked, so nasty people, have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Name or, or declare your statutes, verse 111. They are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. And then verse 12, yeah, nobly I set myself. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And so if you had to memorize actually that section, and if you had the first letter of each word, you could probably do it a little easier. And that's what people did. And when they did that, then they had the Word with them. They didn't have like a copy of the Bible, but they could say in their mind, in their heart, yeah, this is God's Word to me. So that's how they did it. And that's how it continued to speak into their lives, and they saw it as so precious and so important that they did that. Now, we have the great blessing of having the Word right here. So we can open it, turn to it whenever we want to. We perhaps don't, don't appreciate that as much as we should. And that's good that you remind us of that as gems, as your theme this year. We have the word right with us, and it's a tremendous blessing to have it, let it speak into our lives. Now, in Psalm 119, verse 105 calls us to do that, to let this word be light in our lives. 
to know about God, to learn about Jesus, to learn how he wants us to live for him, to just continue to let it speak into our lives. That's, that's the call of this psalm in its fullness, and especially as we find it here, that we have that word, that light. Jesus himself says in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. And so to realize that, to see that, to let that Bible speak into your life, that word of God, that living and active word, it pushes back to, back to darkness, it, it stands against the lies of this world and the dangers that we face. It guides us into truth. I tried to summarize it even. If you want to summarize this section, uh, Psalm 119, the N section, using all Ns. Never neglect the nicely numbered and nuanced necessary norms, norms, guides for our life of the Bible so that we can navigate the narrow way of truth through this nefarious, nefarious, wicked, this wicked world. So that you would choose the Bible as your guide. That's the theme that the gems share with us and that I want to emphasize. And let me just give you two examples, two key choices we need to make. The first example is in a world, especially now, where, where people generally tell us there's no God. And that, that comes at us everywhere. Just in, in how people live and how they talk about life and how they explain how this world is and everything. And there is more and more no mention of God at all. And the point is then, well, there is no God. We're just here and we're making the best of it. And then on the other hand, then we have the reality of God's word, which says even in relation to where this world came from, Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So it, it's not even argued. It's not even uh, debated. It's just stated. And, and as we look around the creation too, deep in our soul, as was mentioned, we, we know there's, there's got to be something more. And so... God introduces himself to us in the creation, but especially in his word. And that word continues to speak of who God is, of what he's done, of why we're here. That he has a purpose for us, that he loves us, that he cares for us. And so that's the choice. Is there a God? Is there no God? And so we go forward. With the assurance of the Bible, walking in the light that there is a God who loves and cares and guides and leads us. And we testify to that truth in a world that's more and more saying there is no God. We declare with joy and thankfulness there is a loving God and we have his word that speaks to us. A second example, the main thing that you will find in your lives, that we find in our lives generally as, as people 
the, the main question that comes up when, when things go wrong in people's lives. When, when something happens that's hard, that's difficult, when there becomes an illness or an accident or a tragedy of some kind, and then, then all of a sudden, the, the main thing that people struggle with is too. How can there be a God when these bad things happen? When good things happen, then maybe, yeah, okay, there's a God. But, but really, when bad things happen. So that's, that's the second real question that people wonder about. And they, they have to choose now in the bad things, in the difficult things. And so when, when we experience that, when we see that in the world, when we see that there is disease and famine, when people are hating and fighting each other, and then, then what, do we, what do we do? What do we think about that? How do we deal with that? And again, the Bible shines a light into our lives and into world situations when bad things happen, and the Bible talks about the reality of sin. And you don't hear that talked about very much anywhere in the world. But we in the church, we will confess, based on the truth of the Bible, that we are sinful people and we do bad things. And there are bad things in this world that happen. And we don't try to explain it away in the sense of, oh, no, we don't know or nothing. We know. We know from God's Word why these things are happening. There's sin in the world. People have denied God and have not followed his way, and the whole creation is broken in sin. And that reality we experience at times in our lives too, with the struggles of health or brokenness or uncertainty. And the Bible itself, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We ourselves do things that hurt others. We hurt our parents. Our friends, we say things we shouldn't. We do things that we regret. So what's the answer then? The Bible sheds light in a sinful world. Speaking about forgiveness. God's forgiving grace through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Giving Jesus as that sacrifice. And so actually the most memorized Bible verse is John 3.16, where Jesus is declared, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What, what a light in a dark world. A bright and blazing light, even in our lives when we struggle, when we worry, when we are uncertain, we can have that assurance that God has made things right in Jesus and that together we can come together in forgiving grace, even restoring hurt relationships, having hope in even the darkest situations. God's word is that light on our path. And so that continues to be our hope. We seek to live that out, the truth of God's word. One final example, I think, in terms of the gems yourselves, as you, uh, as gems, think about God leading you and, and the gems ministry as a whole. And in 2008, the gems ministry as a whole decided 
to start the Esther School in Zambia. How do you come up with that? Why would you do that? Well, because God's Word says that, yeah, you have a nice time as gems here, and, and you have the nice schools here and things, but God's Word says we need to help those who don't have what we have. And so God's word, even through the gems, says, look, at, we, need to, we need to do something like this. And as you do something like that, why do you do that? Because it's God's word going out through us into the world. The truth of the Bible says, help those in need, be a witness to God's love, a witness to Jesus. And so when you do that, that's such a wonderful thing. But that's, again, God's word speaking into even the GEMS ministry as a whole. Many other examples we could share, but God's Word completely is speaking into our world and our lives in wonderful ways. And our desire this morning, again, is to let it speak more clearly, to take it as God's Word, to have it help us each day in living for Him. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be reminded of the wonderful gift of your word that you give to us. We pray that each one here would take the time to read your word every day so that you would speak your truth, your comfort, your grace into each of our lives. Lord, we pray too that even as we gather here this morning, that as your word says to take a day every week, a day of rest, a Sunday, where we can gather around your word as a church and read it and let it speak into our lives the truth that we need. Lord, we pray that that too would be part of each one's here, living out and living into your will for us. Lord, we thank you that we can, in freedom, open and share your word. We thank you that also as we do so in every situation, Lord, that you would speak the comfort, the truth into our lives, that we would give you all honor and glory and praise. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing as a song of response the cry of my heart, and we'll stand to sing. <laughs> 